Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Hey, everybody. It is a Fish Fry Friday. Pat and I are with you to get you to the weekend. It's been a week. And hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Um, why are you seeing that exactly? Well, I'm Catholic number one. That's a that's a very uh, y- yeah, but that's usually a celebratory type thing. What uh, what are you celebrating? I'm glad you asked. Uh huh. The Supreme Court of the United States of America, hashtag, uh, elect us, win the courts, um, has stayed the Biden administration's attempted vaccine mandate through OSHA. Stayed it. Bye-bye, ding-dong, that is dead. Why? Because... The indication of that stay, not just a 5-4 vote, by the way, Pat, a 6-3 vote. 6-3. Who who is number 6? So you had Roberts, Kavanaugh, Alito. Uh Uh-huh. You had Thomas, Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett. The, the alleged six conservative justices on the Supreme Court finally did something right. So you're right in that um, they they got this right, and I'm glad they did. 
But you also realize in the same breath they decided to uphold the mandate for pat, healthcare. Pat, 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 pat. We'll get into that. Hold your freaking horses. I, I, I'm just saying you're celebrating hold, hold on one hand. But your the, horses. At the same, in the same pull breath. Pull the reins they, they, up. They pat, pat, pull the reins up. Pull the reins up. One thing at a time. Just, I'm just one saying. thing at a dang time. Now, so a six to three decision to stay the lower court, right? So the sixth court of appeals um, had lifted the original stay of the fifth court of appeals. And um, now the Supreme Court is staying the original decision. So this cannot go into effect. Anybody working for an employer um, that, because what was this all designed to do, Pat? Give the employers cover, right? To give them the cover to do what they wanted to do in the first place. We, we saw the signal that the Biden administration was sending for 60 days, right? And they are attempting to make sure that everybody takes the jab and that those employers put together a program that jabs everybody. That's what it is. Because the test and uh, return to work, because the other goal here is to get everybody back into an office, right? Everybody back. Okay. That is the ultimate aim of what this is, because if you get rid of the test portion of this mandate, right? Um, because the burden is on the employer to pay for that. They're not going to want to do that. So they're going to highly encourage the jab, yada, 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 yada. You, all the information we know about it not working, not being effective, there is literally no difference between somebody who has never gotten COVID-19 and somebody who um, has the jab right now. No difference. By the way, um, a very prominent medical um, group, a group that was heavily involved with the NCAA, with um, Major League Baseball, with the NFL, and recent testing policies, and really testing and policies around COVID-19 all the way around. Not involved with the Big Ten, though, by the way. Um, but they have noted that we are likely to be past the peak and heading completely backwards in a good way, down the hill of these testing numbers and of the case numbers and all this other stuff in about two weeks. We're going to be done with it. Now, will societies like uh, New York and Chicago and Los Angeles lift their Vax passport situations? Because they're supposed to be there to prevent this. And so here's the prediction I have, Pat. Here in Chicago, this vaccine passport situation has been here since the beginning of January, right? January 3rd, the first Monday, first day back to work for everybody, right? Because if you did that on January 1st, how could you have the revelry and the the, the money in the pockets of the businesses, right, on December 31st? 
But my prediction is this, real quick. They're going to claim that these things are the reason for it, right? The reason case numbers have gone down, the reason. They're going to claim that, and then they're going to keep them. And that's why this important decision, that's why this stay matters. Because this is the the Supreme Court saying, yeah, yeah, no, you're not going to trick the American people anymore. Just no. Now, there is a second decision that came down that we can talk about. But I want people to understand this. Take the wins when you get them. Because this is a big time L, a big L on the forehead of the Biden administration. And it was always going to be a big L because the Constitution. Now, I also happen to believe, Pat, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, because this is both the best and the worst of the week, right? I mean, that's yes, usually this, what this we're doing my here. best and worst story of the week right here. Uh-huh. Here's how we got that 6-3 decision. Good old-fashioned compromise. Because two of those individuals in that 6-3 decision went the other way in the other case that was in front of the Supreme Court, the case of OMS, the Office of Medicare and Medicaid Services, right? Right. Stating that they have the power to mandate. And they withdrew the stay. There was a stay of that decision previously. So what the stay and then the withdrawal in the second case means is that the Supreme Court is indicating they will rule the way that they're that that people want them to rule in the first case, and then they're going to rule in the favor of OMS in the second case. They just haven't come out with their full decisions yet. Likely because why? It takes time to put the, all of that together, to put the case law together, to get it all written up, to do all of those things, right? Sure. I, I don't know what you could think about this other than to say that this is both the best and worst of the week. I have some other things to say about this, but did you read the actual um, text, Pat? Uh, no, I didn't. Mm, okay. Um, because I have a question. Uh -huh. And this was actually brought up by Matt Schlapp on Twitter. And I thought this was uh, vitally important. Um, but if you read the dissent in the OMS case, what did the dissenters do you think use, Pat, to prove that they were correct? In their descent. Well, I mean, if it's John Roberts. So the descent in the CMS oh, case, right? Uh-huh. Not OMS, CMS. I apologize. So. so Roberts is not in the descent. Roberts is yeah. in the affirmative. Right, right. So in the descent. Uh, 
Thomas writes the dissent. My guess would be. Uh, lack of precedent. Mm. You are very, very close. Let me read for you this section of the dissent. Okay. Quote from Justice Clarence Thomas. Finally, our precedents confirm that the government has failed to make a strong showing on the merits. Quote, we expect Congress to speak clearly when authorizing an agency to exercise powers of vast economic and political significance. Mm. Okay. What precedent is he talking about, Pat? What what does he use? What what precedent has been set? Um, is he referring to OSHA? You bet your bottom dollar. <clears throat> because he references Alabama Association of Realtors versus Department of Health and Human Services, 594 US blank blank 2021 per curium. <clears throat> Who wrote that decision, Pat? The state. Um, I don't know. Was it was it Clarence Thomas? Nope. So I'm going to give you a little lesson in how the Supreme Court works when it rules. Uh huh. Okay. So if you are in the affirmative, right. All right. So let's say you are. It's a six-three decision, right? Right. And the Supreme, uh, not the Supreme, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court is in that 6 3. Uh huh. Or he is in the three. The Chief Justice writes it. So whether he is in the dissent or the majority, the majority of oh, the minority, well, the Chief Justice would write the opinion. Okay? So, so, so John Roberts wrote this. John Roberts wrote the words I just spoke. Yes, the we expect Congress to speak clearly when authorizing an agency to exercise powers of vast economic and political significance. Now, if the okay. chief justice is in the um, either the dissent or the other side, right? The affirmative. Right, right. Okay. okay. So let's say he's in the affirmative. And whoever is on the other side, right? It is the most long-serving member, the most ranking member of the Supreme Court, then gets to write the opinion. Now, other people can write addendums or whatever you want to call them, right? They can write um, their own type of dissent, concurrences, if you will, to okay. dissents or to the affirmatives, right? But generally speaking, it would be only the ranking member of the dissent or the ranking member of the Affirmative minus what happens with the um, uh, chief justice. But I want you to think about this. In the CMS case, Sean Roberts did what, Pat? Uh, well, he, he went with the affirmative. Right, he went with the majority. How is it possible that you write the majority opinion on the OSHA case uh -huh. and then have the temerity, the gall, the chutzpah to 
deny your own words in the very next case and to have the ranking member of the dissent use your own words in the very first case of this year against you do you do you remember <laughs> do you it's funny because it's it's kind of pathetic right mm-hmm. um do you remember yesterday when i said that the supreme court is a court of political will yep that is john roberts to a t absolutely uh, absolutely and, and and so so this is this is why and you actually already said this like 10 minutes ago it was about compromise if john roberts i think had his way i think he would have been on the affirmative on both of them no no no, no. he was on the uh, he was in the majority on both of them or, or yeah, he would yeah, have been so in the I'm minority saying, I, I think, in I the think other he opinion. Would have, i think he would have uh he would have tried to drag kavanaugh with him right. in in it would have been dual 5-4 decisions in um in so they would have they would have um so the the cases were backwards right there was right. a stay right right in one of them and right. they withdrew that in the CMS case they withdrew right. the stay in right. the other one, they put it back on. Okay. Right. So we would have had them deciding in the affirmative to allow employers and CMS, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, not OMS. Well, but what I'm saying though is is if if John Roberts thought it was going to be a popular thing to lift the stay on the uh, Biden OSHA mandate, he would have. Now, is it possible that these are two different um, animals, if you will? Is it possible, Pat, that that it, that you could it's rule one way and then rule the other way? It's possible, but but and, and what, it still makes sense. But what what would what would why would that make sense here? Why why does it not make why does it make sense for one kind of worker versus another kind of worker? Why? Yeah, and that's the point that Clarence Thomas makes. And and I have an I have an, a, a theory because of what I brought up to you that Roberts got to write the majority opinion in the OSHA case. Right. And I firmly believe that he was going to do this because what does Roberts know? Clarence Thomas was never ever going to vote in the in the way of OSHA, right? He was never right. going to do that. So what did John Roberts know? If I vote the other direction, who's writing the opinion? Who's setting the precedent? Clarence Thomas. Right. And do you and what I believe firmly is that Roberts wanted him to not be able to do that because by doing so he would set such a broad set of precedents right in the ruling in the in in the textual side of the ruling that this would have sweeping sweeping um powers 
And he wanted none of that. He wanted this to be a technical decision, right? Because as Thomas points out in his um, dissent in the CMS case, he continues, and we expect Congress to, quote, use exceedingly clear language if it wishes to significantly alter the balance between state and federal power. The omnibus, omnibus rule is undoubtedly significant. It requires millions of healthcare workers to choose between losing their livelihoods and acquiring and acquiescing, excuse me, to a, a vaccine they have rejected for months. Vaccine mandates also fall squarely within a state's police power, see Zucked versus King. And until now, only rarely have been a tool of the federal government. If Congress had wanted to grant CMS authority to impose a nationwide vaccine mandate and consequently alter the state and federal balance, it would have said so clearly. It did not. So Thomas is using the exact same logic in both cases. I don't, I, but here's the thing. I, I agree with him. I don't see how you don't. Yeah, I, I, I really, really don't. And I haven't dug into the, the, the actual language of Roberts in his, um, his, um, ruling on the CMS case. Cause I don't care necessarily. But I thought there was also, I wanted to bring this up, Pat, because I think there's also a very interesting question or interesting idea that's brought up here. And this was by Matt Schlapp. And that's why I brought his name up earlier. But the three justices who voted against the stay, right? What is their assertion? What is their reasoning behind continuing to vote in the affirmative and any uh, to get to continue to vote for abortion rights why why do they what are what are they always cite more than anything else pat legal uh, is it the is is it uh, uh bodily autonomy my my body my choice the right to privacy yes All right mm -hmm. they always cite that because there was in roe versus wade a right to privacy that somehow exists in the united states constitution that we largely believe is made up right there right. is no those words do not exist in the constitution of the united states of america if you were to do a search of privacy inside the United States Constitution, it doesn't exist. And it sure as hell was a concept available to the framers of our Constitution and to the writers and to those who ratified and amended the Constitution, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, as Matt Schlapp pointed out, there are three justices who believe that there is a right to privacy in the Constitution somewhere. Right? Right. Does that right to privacy not exist then for people um, when it comes to vaccines? You're damn skippy it does. Hmm. Now, here's why I think this is a bad argument. Because you are now ceding the ground of there's a right to privacy in the United States Constitution. Now, do I get the point that Matt Schlapp is trying to make here? Yeah. It's that they're hypocrites, right? 
They believe right. that this right to privacy exists in the Constitution, but it's only applicable to one circumstance and one circumstance only. They're not willing to apply it to every aspect of bodily autonomy, right? Because that's where the right to privacy really exists in Roe versus Wade. If you read the decision and its convoluted logic, it's more convoluted, I would argue, in its constitutional logic than what John Roberts did to get Obamacare to go through, right? Right. Because what would because the argument has always been, or was always, this isn't a tax, this isn't a tax. And then John Roberts made it a tax. <laughs> right. But so for us, if we believe that this right to privacy is made up in the in Roe versus Wade, does that conversely mean that a right to privacy doesn't exist medically? And that's my question here, because because what Matt Schlapp is basically saying is that these people believe in a right to privacy in the Constitution, therefore they must apply this. Is No. That's my contention, is that you can't think that way. You can't have that, because then the logical conclusion is that if you on the other side believe that that right doesn't exist, what power does the Supreme Court then have to say that this mandate can't exist? Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Do you see the I, fallacy in, in the logic? Because if you apply it consistently across both the affirmative and the negative, you have a problem mm. with the logical conclusions here. Now, correctly, what they are indicating they will eventually fully rule on, Pat, is that Congress never authorized and gave the power. And the power to do these types of things must come directly from Congress. If it is even constitutional. So here's here's my question. Then you then you're then you're ultimately throwing this back to Congress, right? I mean, that's kind of the signal that that the Supreme Court is is now sending, right? Because what they they're not ruling on the merits of the vaccine versus whatever. They're simply right, saying, I understand that constitutionally, this cannot happen. And I fully agree with them, by the way. I think this is the right way to rule on this because you don't have to get into the weeds of efficacy and all that other stuff. And Pat, I think you were about to say something here. Well, yeah. So uh, before we were rudely interrupted by the uh, break for Mojo Five O. Um, my, I was going to ask this. So, so they're 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 signaling to Congress that Congress needs to make a decision on this. That this is this is in the purview of Congress to either pass a law or nothing. So um, that's not what they're saying, Pat. Okay. Okay. So that, I want that's, you, that's, I want to be I clear. To on clarify. That. That's yeah. why I wanted to clarify. No, that okay. is not what they're saying. What they are saying is that Congress must explicitly give them the powers within their mandate from Congress, okay? Because OSHA and every other federal agency exists vis-a-vis mandate from Congress, okay? Right. What they are saying is that in that mandate, this vaccine mandate doesn't exist. They have never once given them the power to dictate 
personal health care choices outside of the workplace within OSHA and within CMS. Okay, so what they're trying to to signal to Congress is that if you want to do that, you must go through the proper channels. You must now create a new law that or a new not a law, but a new mandate that can be passed for the existence of OSHA. And in that new mandate must then include this power to broadly regulate. Now, that doesn't mean that if they do that vis-a-vis Congress, that it will stand. That's the that's the key, right? And I think that's where you were kind of going, right? So what if right. Congress what if Congress just passes it? That doesn't mean that the Supreme Court won't then take this case back up and rule that they cannot and will not have that power. Right. I'm just saying it becomes a very different case at that point, though, right? <clears throat> right. Right. And and that's why that's why, as we referred to this case as a compromise. Right. And that's why I brought up John Roberts ruling in the uh, majority for the uh, for the OSHA case, because he knew that we could that he could stay this and indicate the more narrow as he stays this. Now they can rule more broadly. Right. They can rule more fully. But Roberts is the one who gets to to define the terms of what they're ruling on, right? Right. He wants this to be a more technical decision, okay? And by doing so, they eliminate any political blowback because what they're going to tell the American people and what they're going to signal to Congress is, hey, look, we have a process, right? We have a, we have a federal system. We have a process that must be followed if you want to do this, right? And and that is kind of what, ironically, what you and I have been screaming about forever, that if you want to do this, do this vis-a-vis the right constitutional manner. You, We've been seeing executive orders after executive orders after executive orders, all to end around Congress, and it's power to create, make, or not make law, right? Right. And so well, that is exactly what they're they're deciding on here. And I, I think when you see the full decision, that's what we will see. And I have no problem with that, by the way, Pat. I have absolutely no problem with that decision. Now, I think they punt or punted on making the more broad point that no employer, that no agency has a right to mandate something like this. They don't. You're right, they don't. But so okay. Let me let me let me ask this. Mm-hmm. So they're telling Congress that there's a specific way that they must go about doing this if they want to do it. Right. They're not telling them that. The Constitution tells them that. Well, I, okay. Okay. To be clear. So, do you think that Congress is going to attempt? No. <laughs> no way in hell. Not in an election year, number one. And number two, not as divided. I mean, think about this, Pat. You would have right. to accumulate enough Republicans to overcome a filibuster. 
what Republicans yeah. outside of Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney are going to go with this? Susan Collins? No. No? Okay. No. I just... Nope. Lisa Murkowski? No, no, no. I just wanted to, just wanted to, because like, I kind of lump him in with that group. Susan Collins. Right. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just Mitt Romney. Yeah, 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 okay. And then you have Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, and I think you have about a half a dozen who see this as, hold up. No, 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 no. We do not want to go down this road. Because there are enough of the non-leftists within the United States Senate that will filibuster the ever-loving crap out of this thing. Now, go to the congressional side of things, Pat. The majority is really narrow. Are you going to pick enough Republicans to overcome all of those people who are up for re-election in their districts? Not in an election year. And they'll never pass it. They will never, ever touch this. Ever. You want to see the people revolt. This will this will be the case. And I want you to think about the revolt doesn't have to be violent, right? It's really right. simple. The truckers park their asses on the side of the highway and never deliver your goods. See how that works for Congress, right? Yeah. That's where the true ironically it is the truckers of the country that hold all the cards here. They do. They do. You know, the people that um, the haughty haughty, the elite of Washington, D.C., K Street and everywhere else inside Washington, D.C., thumb their noses at, look down upon, see as the unwashed, uneducated masses, right? Who hold all the power. Right? Hashtag bare shelves Biden. I mean, seriously, Pat, I, w- I went to Walgreens the other day because we were running low on our, our cough drops here in the house, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I just happened to be there for other, uh, a quick, I had to pick up a quick uh, card or whatever, too, right? Uh-huh. There was one choice and one choice only of cough drops. Ooh. Please tell me it was at least a decent flavor. No, no, uh-uh, no, so it didn't get him. I just ordered the cough drops on Amazon. That's all. That's still dumb. Yeah. And and uh, two weeks ago, I went to go to the store. Uh, went to go to the grocery store. Store number one didn't have the type of, uh, of lettuce that my wife wanted. Okay. It's arugula. Not that uncommon, right? Right. Store number one didn't have it. I went to store number two across the street. They didn't have it. Then I went to store number three, which has a much wider, much brighter, uh, broader uh, selection, if you will. They didn't have it, did they? Their entire packaged salad department. Empty. Not a single solitary not even arugula not even baby spinach not anything so what about store number four i 
I was done after store number three, Pat. I uh, I, I have my limits of uh, of satisfying my wife's shopping needs. So, d- is she aware of your three strikes rule? Then, yes, she is, and she okay, totally good. agrees. Okay. Okay. Now, I would have only gone to store number one had I not needed to go to store numbers two and three anyway. <laughs> okay. So you don't even really have a three strike rule, is what you're saying? Nope. If it ain't at the store, I ain't buying it. <laughs> you want to send me to the grocery store? I'm not going all over God's green earth for one item. That ain't happening. Especially salad. Uh-huh. <sighs> all right. So at the end of all of this, what do we make of this Supreme Court decision to stay? It is a victory. You take the freaking win. You take it. But you also know that you you have to watch with an eagle's eye, right? You have to pay attention because while this is a win, it's not like a broad sweeping win and, and whatever. We right. still have the states to contend with. We still have your localities to contend with. Now, here's the ironic part, Pat. The state of Illinois is one of the most liberal states when it comes to government. I would argue it's not as liberal as people think um, outside of, if you took Chicago away, this would be a red as red could be state. Oh, it would be. It absolutely would be. Mm -hmm. Um, It just so happens that the rest of the state doesn't equal this population uh, here in Chicago, but that's neither here nor there. But the state of Illinois, Pat, everybody believes blue, 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 blue. What did they do yesterday? Um, They rescinded their own internal rule that was going to require um, employers to do this. They rescinded it immediately after this decision. Well, they had to, right? No. Because states have the have the police power to do this. That's what the Supreme Court is is saying, that it's not the proper place of the federal government because there is no mandate from the federal government. State mandates are different. But I, so I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is like the precedence is now set that this could go to like the state courts. And wouldn't, wouldn't they also be more likely to follow the precedence of all of this? Yeah, and that and that's kind of where they went in rescinding this. They basically mm-hmm. said, "Hey, the Supreme Court has, has spoken on this. Uh, they've stayed. They've stayed this decision. So pending their full ruling, we're not going to go through with this in a state like Illinois. And so you still have a lot to pay attention to. You still have to pay attention to your city, your state, as to what they are going to do. Their your job is far from over here, folks." Your livelihood is still at stake, potentially. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay attention. You have to. I, I don't even think you have to elect the right people. You have to make sure that those that are being elected know exactly what is at stake. You have to make sure that you are putting all of your political and legal pressure. You have to make sure that you are indicating that you're not going to let this crap stand. In your state, no matter where you live, because even in the state of Utah, this stuff could be going down. Oh, and oh, t- you don't believe Spencer Cox will do this? Oh, no. Spencer Cox will do this. 
Um, and in fact, Salt Lake County just put in a mask mandate again. So why? No, I, and that's an oh, honest it, question. Why? It, it's another conversation for another day, but uh, it, I'm very disappointed with some of the even Republican leaders that are supposed to be conservative within Salt Lake County that voted for this. And it's a third. Well, that came out of nowhere. Apparently, it is time I, for the B or not the B. Pat, hit me with the headline. All righty. Today's headline report. Inflation now higher than Biden's approval rating. Inflation now <laughs> higher than Biden's approval rating. Um, is this the B or not the B? That is the question. Y- y- yes. Point of order. Uh-huh. Was this before or after his speech following the uh, Supreme Court's decision? Um, I mean, the the story was dated yesterday. Um, when I, I, yesterday, I don't know. I just wanted to know so that I could, you know, formulate my the, my opinion correctly. But go ahead, Pat. Okay, who's our sponsor today? Our sponsor today is going to be preparewithmojo50.com because I think if you take a look around at what's what happened with the Supreme Court yesterday and what's still happening around the country. As you said, you've got to take a really hard look at what's going on. It's This is far from over. Um, you've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared to take a really hard look at some things and be aware of what's going on. And the best way to start getting prepared is to start with your food storage. Helps alleviate with those groceries. Uh, it helps uh, prepare you for any kind of disasters. Uh, and the food stays good for up to, on your shelf for up to 25 years. So it's better to have it than uh, and not need it than need it to not have it. Uh, the food is really good. They've got all sorts of different sizes of emergency food supply kits to fit your needs. So all you got to do is start by getting prepared by going to preparewithmojo50.com. That is preparewithmojo50.com. Inflation no higher than Biden's approval rating. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. This is the Babylon B. I mean, they are, are pretty sure? close. They are pretty damn close. But yes, inflation is 7%. Joe Biden's lowest approval rating is 33%. So there you go. I just blew your entire story up because it is the Babylon B. It, it is the Babylon B. And, and by the way, uh, that was a, what, the 33% came from what, Quinnipiac? Quinnipiac, yep. Now, have you seen the the last, like, seven? I think it was 49, 47, 44, 38, 37, 33, somewhere around there. Something like that, yeah, uh uh-huh. That that goes like this, Pat. That bad. Yeah, I know, I know. Is that bad? That's very bad. (laughs) Is that bad? That's very bad. (sighs) All right, with that out of the way, Pat, it's also time for us to... What? He'll be in the 20s, I think, in a matter of months. Probably, but alongside that, Pat, I think it's also time for us, because it is Friday, to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. (laughs) Ah, so it is time for us to... And with that, Pat, it is time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. So, who are the nominees? 
The nominees are going to be Joseph Marionette Biden for essentially calling a good chunk of the country racist. Um, and then you have our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci once more for his lies and more lies in front of Congress about Wuhan and the coronavirus and pretty much, you know, just his entire credibility on the line and uh, his hubris of just doubling down on lie after lie after lie. No, you're distorting the facts. What, what? No, you're distorting the facts. That's not what I said. Let's just move on. Uh, Then we have Chief Justice John Roberts for speaking both sides out of his mouth when it came to the OSHA mandate and the, well, what was it? The uh, Medicare. Yeah, that one. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, there's that. And then you mentioned the prosecutor from what, Baltimore? Yeah, the Baltimore City State Attorney, Marilyn Mosby, Pat. Pray tell why she is uh, made Richard of the Week this week. Now, it's not the the part I'm about to tell you. It's going to be the second part of this. There's an A and a B. The A part is that she is charged with Four felonies, including fraud. Is that bad? Yeah, and, and you want to know part of um, the reason for this? Um, she lied about coronavirus hardships in order to get a preferential mortgage on a second home in... Guess what state, Pat? Uh... Give me, give me, give me at least a, a, a hint. Is it East Coast or West Coast? It's down south, Florida. Yeah, uh huh. Mm. While uh, while all of the lockdown bullcrap was going on, she was buying a second home with her husband, who happens to be also the uh, president of the city council of. Because there's definitely no conflict of interest there. But anyway, um, um, she she also happens to be the very first prosecutor to have been elected out of the. Um, George Soros funding of district attorneys and state attorneys all throughout the country. Um, yeah, so she is now being indicted on four counts, including two counts of perjury and two counts of fraud. Her defense, you're racist. So misrepresenting how much money you're making, um, that you need a hardship. Oh, and by the way, Pat, the, the key to this hardship claim, her salary is $248,000 as of 2020, and um, that was $10,000 more than she made in 2019. Hey, I'll trade her salaries. Yep, sounds great to me. But um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, you be a Richard if you need to lie and uh, defraud the taxpayer of more money. Is there anything more richer than that? Well, yeah, there 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 is. Oh, okay. Um and and, and that is um calling the country racist. 
Oh, you mean Bear Shells Biden? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's our winner of Richard of the Week, by the way. And it's not just that. It is all play to we're not racist. Yes, Pat, your hands up. Yeah. Um, I think it's literally because they couldn't find anyone that didn't either didn't have negative publicity right now, like Brian Flores. I, I think that's the whole reason why they didn't hire Brian Flores is because of all the negative publicity right there. They don't want that in the locker room. They don't want that distraction. And two, they couldn't find anyone else that was willing to come to Houston that was any better. And I think part of this issue with Houston's coaching job is Deshaun Watson. Yep, yep. That was gonna, that was going to be my next point. You're coming into a completely unknown quarterback situation. And in the NFL, uncertainty at quarterback equals you're going to get fired real quick. And more importantly, who wants to touch a job in which you had one season, right? They just fired a coach after one year in which, um, oh, by the way, he was expecting Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback, right? Deshaun Watson right. at quarterback as a pure talent, whatever is going on off the field, which looks uglier and uglier by the day, right? Right. Um, But on the field, he gives you a chance to win at least half of your games by himself. And Lovey Smith took this job because he wants to be a head coach again. Oh, absolutely. He, he's yeah. that desperate for that. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe we're proven wrong over time, but um, I, I, this is a dumpster fire of an organization. Absolute dumpster fire. And no one should want to go play there either. <laughs> no, I mean, look at JJ Watt got who got yeah. out, right? Yeah. Look at, uh, Look at all of the people that had formed the nucleus of that really good Texans defense, right? Whitney yep. Merciless. Um, you had, uh, what's its name, um, up front, um, uh, the other guy. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Clowney? Yeah, David, yeah, Jadavian Clowney. You had, now he's been out for a while, but you right. had J.J. Watt get out of there. You had... You've had every big name player. I mean, Randall Cobb comes to Green Bay this year, right? Mm -hmm. The Packers get him. And he thanks the Packers organization up and down, left and right, north, south, east, west, for getting him the hell out of that organization. I'm not kidding you. He literally cried because he was getting out of that organization. That should tell you a lot. Yeah. Um, now, um, truth or fiction, um, these consistent mask hole stories are ridiculous. Mm, what do you mean by mask hole? Okay. So what do I mean by this? Okay. So let me, let me maybe preface, preface it this way. The stories about mask hypocrisy are ridiculous. Oh, yes, truth. Why? And, and and the reason why is because they're ridiculous because everyone should be doing it at this point. Like, wh why are you getting mad at everyone else for, for st starting to stop with this whole mask mandate? Even if they made the rules to begin with, you should be disobeying it just like they are anyway. I wouldn't be getting mad at them. They don't work. We know they don't work. They know they don't work. Stop doing it. Stop getting mad and stop just doing it. Just just start doing it. And then what are they going to do about it? Yeah, we've argued this from the very beginning. The, the easiest way to do this is mass resistance, right? 
Right. And we're starting to see this in the schools, right? Yep. Um, here in Illinois, the a judge in the southern part of the state um, ruled the uh, school mask mandates unconstitutional. Basically, the long and short of it is it looks like J.B. Pritzker and his organization and his administration um, violated laws in creating these laws, okay, or these mandates. And, oh, my God, it's chaos. Now what you're seeing is what we've seen in other states where they are literally locking them in gyms. They're segregating the maskless versus the masked and all this stuff. You are exposing the utter idiocy of these people. They're so fearful of people not wearing a mask in a school that you're going to lock them in a gym as if they are, I don't know, uh, lepers? Like, what, what the hell are you doing? And most importantly, I understand the, well, you're not allowing other people to do it. Well, then just stop paying attention to what they're mandating and do what they're doing. <laughs> right? I, I'm done. I'm just done. It, it, like, okay, yeah, haha, they're hypocrites. Oh, okay, so what? So what are you going to do about it? Right? At the end of the day. Yep. The story is just ridiculous. Oh my God, did you see this mayor or this person do this? And and uh, oh my God, they're they're maskless in this. Okay, so what? Just do it. Just you do it too. Yep. Just, Here's just an stop. idea. All of those people that are around that person, mm. if that person is taking a picture with you and they're they don't have their mask on, take yours off, you sheeple. <laughs> like there's literally a picture of a. I think it's the. I think it's a mayor. And I forget of what city. And oh no, it's a it's a superintendent of schools surrounded by a bunch of teachers, right? The superintendent mm -hmm. of schools has no mask on. Every single one of the teachers does. Take your mask off. Take your mask off. It's that bleeping simple. I I, I don't what part of this equation do you not understand and more I, I importantly I, I who cares if they're hypocrites we already know that it's called being a politician in today's well, world and with I that Pat, your final thoughts don't get lost remember who you are no means no and the whole reason behind that is because they don't want to give up their power so they're going to say that until it's time to give up their power please be smart be safe be kind as always matthew 547
from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.